I just can't imagine my morning without two things. A cup of coffee and my favorite capital breakfast show. Dina and Talish, you're great. Best of the best. Each morning is really great and fun. Makes my morning so much better. Love you. This is Capital FM, Moscow, 105.3. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I am your host, Alan Moore, and tonight, for the next two hours, we invite you we invite you to lay back and to close your eyes and simply enjoy the very best news, views, reviews, previews and interviews in the world of sports. And just what have we got for you tonight to enjoy? Well, in just a moment, we're going to have a quick review of the Russian Premier League this weekend's games. And we're going to ask Andrew Flint just what is going on with Spartak and also why, when he's one of the top scorers in the Euro 2020 qualifiers, is Archum Duba being jeered by Russian fans? And that's what happened, of course, last week uh, against San Marino. This week, of course, is a make or break for Lokomotiv Moscow as they endeavour to get into the next round of the Champions League or indeed the Europa League. They, of course, are hosting Bayer Leverkusen on Tuesday. Andy Mack is back and he'll be with us in part two to discuss this and also to say... You know, just a little bit about European football and what we should be watching out for. Just after 9.30, that of course is part three, we're going to ask English football expert and Goal.com senior editor and all around good guy and man from Mayo, Peter Staunton. Look, we're going to try and find out what, what did Tottenham Hotspur see in a multi-title and cup-winning legendary manager, Jose Mourinho. Of course, they sacked Mauricio Pochettino, as we predicted. And seconds later, Jose was already in the door and in the manager's seat. Now, Peter, he is at Bramall Lane right now, where he is covering the Sheffield United-Manchester United game. We're going to have a little bit of a score up in just one moment. At 10, we're going to go to Toronto and to Mr. Alex B. He has some very juicy stories from North America. Uh, and, of course, he'll speak a bit about the Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz fight that uh, uh, happened yesterday, the heavyweight world title fight. In part five, we have off the ball in Team 33 starlet, Jonathan Higgins. He's going to give us the lowdown on Liverpool's march to the EPL title. And, of course, his view of the next step. For Mr. Pochettino, will it be as many expected to be to Old Trafford and not Borussia Dortmund, as was I saw in the papers in uh, Munich yesterday? And finally, in part six, Andrew Flint he returns to give us his tips of the week, and also some he has some very strong views on one of the scourges of football and sports in general. But before we go to Andrew, he's on the line waiting for us out in two men. Before we do, um, just what happened in the RPL? When on Friday night, Loco, they put three points on the board with a 3-2 win out in Saransk over Tambov. Of course, Tambov played their get home games in the uh, World Cup Stadium in Saransk because their own little stadium in Tambov is not deemed good enough for Premier League football. We've spoken about it lots of times before. Uh, Dinamo, they whipped, whipped a, a kind of a free-falling Rostov. 2-1 at home on Saturday Spartak today they really slipped up they could only manage a nil-nil draw in Ufa and minutes ago of course we've had the uh, result from uh, we've had a result from sorry, Siska um, oh from Siska sorry I've just well by the way by the way it is now 2-1 of that Manchester United Sheffield game okay of course Siska the game is almost finishing it's 1-0 to Siska over uh, Krilisovitov Samara now Right now, not counting that result uh, here in Moscow so far, 
Um, after 17 games played, Zenit, they're top of the table on 39 points. Loco are in second on 34. Krasnodar in third on 33. Ross Stuff, they could be overtaken right now. No matter what, they will be overtaken by Siska, even if it's a draw, because um, Ross Stuff are on 30 points. And, of course, Siska are on. Oh, actually, that game has ended. Siska have won 1-0. It, they are on 33 points in third place, just ahead of Krasnodar. Ross Stuff in fifth they're in a very bad way at the moment Spartak are in sixth on 22 points and Dinamo in seventh with that win on 21 points okay and really struggling at the bottom of the table Sochi I mean they've they've had some good games some good effort and Tambov as well but they are uh, well they're both bottom table Sochi are on 14 points in 16th place Tabov are in 15th place on 17 points. Now, that game, Manchester United and um, and Sheffield, or Manchester United, Sheffield United, at Bramma Lane, as I mentioned already, it is now 2-2. It was 2-0 to Sheffield United. Um, now it's 2-2. Okay, so that's a good fight back from Manchester United. We'll ask Peter Staunton about that in just a few minutes' time. Um, so we're going to go straight out to two men and ask... Andrew Flint, if we look at Tedesco's start at Spartak, he's got eight points out of a maximum of 15 in the league. Kononov, that's from five games, of course. Kononov had 12, games from, or 12 points from 15 points after five games. Is it time to get a new manager? Yeah, I think Tedesco, that's got to be the hashtag, right? Um, now, it, it is, I think it's just a point tally, but he's done a lot of the important stuff, which is solidify the defence a little bit. Uh, not an inspiring result to draw near no one put out. Oh, but yeah, it's a disappointing point tally. Um, it's that Arsenal tournament result that's the real You know, he's he's got them playing more lively. So I think he's done the hard work now. He's got to keep it going. Well, if we look ahead at next week, Andrew, I mean, they're, they're away in Zenith uh, next Sunday, 7 o'clock kickoff. I mean, that's, that's going to be a massive test for Spartak because confidence-wise, they're not going to be travelling up in, in, in the sort of the best frame of mind. Although Zenith, of course, we'll cover that later on, they have a midweek game um, in Europe against Lyon. But that's going to be tough for Spartak to, to go up and try and get a result, especially if Zenith slip up against the French. Um, it will be a very difficult result. I, I, I'll be honest, I expect they need to win this one simply because they they have the best and they are still points. They're not necessarily throwing teams away, they're conceding. And I actually think they will get a result against them. Um, so I, whether they lose or they win, they'll be uh, either feeling confident. Okay, we're going to try and get Andrew back in line to sir, because he, he, we're just breaking down Weber. So Nazar uh, in the studio, of course, he's going to try and uh, get him back in the line. Um, before we get back onto him, of course, just to mention the games are coming up next week, not the Europa or European games, I should say. Um, because looking ahead to next weekend, there is a Moscow Derby on Sunday. Uh, Loco are home against Dino. That kickoff is at 4.30. Spartak, of course, away in Zenit. That kicks off at 7 o'clock. And Siska are home again. They against Arsenal Tula that is 7.30 next Monday evening the opening up December at home okay Andrew you're back in the line with us um, you know, Spartak now I mean you, you, you it, they're looking further and further away from European football um, do you think that this is going to be just a case they're just going to focus on you know stabilising the whole situation maybe getting in one or two good players over the winter break and pushing on next season 
Okay, we're going to get Andrew back in just in a moment. We're just having some problems with the phones this evening, but not to worry. We do have another goal <laughs> in the 79th minute. Marcus Rashford um, has netted. It is now 3-2 to Sheffield United. So 3-2 Sheffield United uh, against Manchester United. That is, um, that is some comeback from United. Okay, uh, Andrew, just asking again... Um, if 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 Spartak now they're just going to try to get through to the end of the uh, first part of the league and then try to maybe solidify the team a little bit uh, over the winter break. can't hear you at all. We cannot hear you at all. We're going to try and call Andrew back again because there's something wrong on, on his end of the line. Not to worry. Okay, we're going to have a look around, of course, at the uh, before we go back on that for the Russian Premier League because, uh, as we mentioned now, of course, Zenit, they are, they are five points ahead of Lokomotiv. Going great guns. They've only conceded nine, nine goals. Okay, they've only conceded nine goals. Convert. Lokomotiv, who were second place, have conceded 18 goals. So there's quite a bit of difference in that. So um, even though we're speaking about solidifying defences, it really, really looks as if uh, I know Zenit are way out ahead of the rest. Okay, so hopefully we'll, we'll have Andrew back. Andrew, can you hear us loud and clear this time? Andrew, you'll have to speak up because we do not hear you whatsoever. Um... I can hear you guys. Okay. Okay, Andrew, you'll have to speak. We we cannot hear you whatsoever. It's it's really really a bad line. Sorry. Okay, we're going uh, to try. And- we're going to try and get Andrew back uh, again just one more time. Nazar's, Nazar's uh, working his magic fingers. Okay, looking around the world of sports. Um, We'll go look across to England right now because, of course, there was a lot of games played this weekend, of course, in the full... Uh, well, of course, that game is still going on between United and uh, Sheffield United. Manchester United, Manchester United and Sheffield United. Um, one of the... Uh, it's, yeah, 83 minutes gone that game. It is still 3-2 to Manchester United. Yesterday, of course, there was that big uh, big game for Jose Mourinho. They were 3-0 up against West Ham away uh, at the Olympic Stadium. Where, of course, West Ham play uh, at home. And they ended up... Three, two. So, as Jose Mourinho said, that the first hour of that game was absolutely brilliant, and then afterwards it just seemed to fall apart. But he said he was very happy with the Spurs' result. Uh, he had a lot of complimentary things as well to say about Mauricio uh, Pochettino um, beforehand. Some very, very strange things. We'll come on to that a little bit later on with uh, Peter Staunton. Now, finally, I hope we have Andrew Flint back in the line. Andrew, can you hear us okay? I certainly can. I hope you can hear me this time. Okay, well, well, fingers crossed we'll hear you loud and clear. Thank you very much, Nazar, for that. Um, listen, quickly moving on. Um, Lokomotiv, uh, still chasing down Zenit. A good 3-2 win away. Um, that was good for Lokomotiv. But, you know, even with Siskel winning tonight, uh, scraping home, um, and Dinamo doing well as well, It it is Zenit are really streaking ahead in, in the Premier League. I mean, they, they won again this week. You know, even playing it almost like half strength, almost at, 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 um, as you say, but they they still look like just an absolutely amazing team. They won two one, of course, out in Kazan against Rubin. Um, is the league basically Zenit's to lose? We're gonna, we we just can't. We're going to have to try and fix. Fix that uh, line before the end of the night. So Nazar is going to try and get uh, Andrew back in with us because there's something something wrong with that. And of course, we have a, another segment later on, but we'll we'll figure that out. Okay, looking around the English Premier League yesterday, 
Arsenal, now even though they were really under pressure from Southampton, Southampton had a great game against Arsenal uh, yesterday. Arsenal ended up drawing, quite luckily, 2-2. Fans jeering the players off the pitch. It was absolutely a terrible situation. Leicester City keeping up that great run of theirs uh, under Brendan Rodgers. They won 2-0 away to Brighton and Hove Albion. Liverpool, even though they were outplayed, outthought, outfought and outworked by Crystal Palace... Still managed to win two one. So great going by Liverpool because I mean it's it, you know it's kind of win these dirty, grubby games in November and October. That is basically the way that they're trying to you know to to build towards. Because like, last year they were losing these kind of games or at least not winning them. Um, Everton, bad for them. Bad, bad, bad for them. Mister Silva, their coach, he had a meeting with the um, with the Everton owners because of course they went down again. They lost again. They lost to Norwich City. Now okay. Pellegrini at West Ham, the, the Manchester or the West Ham coach, they haven't won in seven matches, but they're still kind of stable. They kind of go, well, you know, it's a working process and so on and so forth. Mark Dobble was being interviewed after the game, and uh, you know, and and it, it was like a really you know bad outing for West Ham. They didn't fight hard enough. They didn't play well enough. But like you know, at least they they were up against a a, a decent team, as in uh, Spurs, especially with that new manager bounce. Everton, on the other hand, against Norwich City, losing 2-0 at home is a bad showing. Now, the other big game of the day yesterday was Man City against Chelsea. Um, City, of course, I mean, that, it was a great win for them. They won 2-1 against Chelsea. Uh, Frank Lampard was a bit annoyed because he felt that, you know, that maybe some of the Man City players were over-egging it a little bit. Now, there was a lot of... Um, <clears throat> Shall I say words spoken after the game? Um, just a quick update in that game. It is still 3 2 after 80, well, almost 85 minutes now, right? Uh, played. Now, of course, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, the Manchester United coach, uh, before the game today, uh, or sorry, yesterday at his press conference, he said that he would probably not sign any of his leading transfer targets in January and he'll have to try and get some loan players. So, in, 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 when you hear that from a coach, when you hear that from a manager, you immediately start to think, the, the club don't trust them. They don't want them to spend money. They don't want them to do anything. So that's a, it's always a very, very bad sign. Um, Man City, uh, they're, of course, they're absolute brilliant player, uh, Raheem Sterling. Still in 24, by the way. He's like, gone for a long time. Uh, he said that he is not, he is not going to sign a new contract worth 450,000 sterling. Yeah, you heard it right. 450,000 sterling. That's per week. Uh, until the coach Pep Guardiola confirms he will be staying at the club for the long term. So that would be a two or three year um, uh, uh, contract. Now, uh, one good one good bit of news for Crystal Palace because they do need a bit of money in. Um, they are almost going to be taken over. So £215 million buyout of the club. Okay, now finally, finally, we're going to try and get uh, Andrew Flint back in line. Andrew, can you hear us this time? I definitely can this time, yes. All right, thank goodness. Listen, we'll, 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 we'll go out to the break in just a couple of minutes, but we'll, we'll keep you on the line, we'll, we'll pick your brain just afterwards. Before we go out, listen, tell us, what the hell was going on in San Marino the other day? Because, I mean, the, the abuse, like some of the stuff that was being said to Archie Omdubo was absolutely horrific and disgusting. I mean, I was, you know, I was watching the game and thinking, what's wrong with these Russian fans? Like, what, what was being said? Well, you don't have to quote it word for word. What was being said? And why, <laughs> why was this nonsense going on, Andrew? Well, it was it was just disgusting language and behaviour. Um, like I say, it's probably best I don't repeat exactly what was said on, on air. But I believe it was a faction of Spartak Moscow fans who were responding. 
responding to some Russian fans in St. Petersburg who were chanting about Moscow. That's that's some of the some of the words I've heard, which sounds believable but a bit parochial and a, and a bit pathetic when you think what Artem Zuba has done for Russia. Um, over the last 18 months, so we, I hope we don't see a repeat of that sort of language and attitude towards one of Russia's best players. So, okay, that's what I heard as well. That it was like it was some Moscow fans were just making fun of him and basically saying like that they were because, of course, he is an ex-Spartak player. So there's no love lost there as well. Mm. But normally, um, normally, fans of the national team don't carry on like scumbags for the national team. They they try to at least. Give players. I mean, I heard some stuff being said uh, to opposing players, like like idiotic Irish fans, like jeering Rangers players and so on from other countries, say from Denmark or wherever that. But mm. this, 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 it was quite nasty. Um, but you think that it just, it was just like a kind of a once-off. Well. I don't see a pattern of it because it's, you know, other than the, the game in St. Petersburg in Belgium where there wasn't really any, there wasn't abuse, it was maybe just the odd bit of parochial chanting. Well, so St. Petersburg and Moscow have a relationship that is interesting, shall we say, um, but there wasn't any targeted abuse. This was, I think, a one-off, possibly partly because the match in San Marino mattered so little that the fans needed to create some more drama for themselves, perhaps. So, so I don't think it was a I don't think it was a pattern. I hope we don't see it repeated. Okay, listen, thank you, Andrew. Andrew's going to be back with us in the second part to start off with a move to Andy Mack. So uh, he's going to stay in line with us. We're going to go out right now to, with uh, no doubt and hella good, and hopefully the lives will be working thanks to Magic Nazar, and uh, we're going to have a hella good show. Okay, back after this. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Capital Commercial. Важная информация для тех, кто мечтает о новом BMW. Автодом BMW начинает грандиозную новогоднюю продажу новых автомобилей BMW. Роскошные предложения, а также подарки при покупке только в Автодом. Подробности по бесплатному номеру звездочка 0552. BMW с удовольствием за рулем. Зажигательный танцевальный ночной дискоклуб «Ленинград» поздравляет всех с наступающим Новым годом и приглашает вас отметить новогоднюю корпоративную вечеринку в атмосфере праздника и веселья. «Ленинград». Ресторан, караоке, дискоклуб. Ленинградский проспект, 24А. Категория 18+. With Alan Moore. Okay, we're back for part two, folks, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we will not have any more issues with the phone lines. So, an update on that score, that absolute cracking match between, it's now just four minutes injury time being played. Have a guess what the score is. Of course, when we went off air, or when we went off air, when we went out to break, it was 3-2 to Man United. Now it is 3-3. Okay, so 3-3. Andrew Flint, I think that's why he was like basically crying on the line was, Andrew, you're still with us, I, I believe. <laughs> well, okay, Andrew. Um, I certainly am. <laughs> Listen, um, look, look, looking back at uh, Rush's qualifier course against San Marino, a very, very, you know, a, a steady win, new goal scorers, new caps being played. Were you satisfied with that? I mean, I know we, we spoke about it last week. We sort of figured that, you know, um, there was nothing to lose, so they had to try and build on the, the, the previous performances. Forget the Belgium game, which we were all very disappointed with. Um, were you satisfied with the line-out, first of all, and were you satisfied with the result? Um, the result was never really in question, I guess. I was a bit disappointed, I'll be honest, with 5-0. And I said at the time, it's, you know, it's hard to not feel a little bit patronising when you say that. But it is San Marino. They're the worst international side in the world. And Russia won the course finals of the World Cup last summer. So I think they really should have had a little bit more cutthroat urgency to them just to really put them to the sword get a few goals under their belt but there were positives Komlachenko getting his first goal I think he possibly should have started and that's even before we think of the abuse that, that Artem Juba got um, Bakayev starting was a, was a positive so it was sort of 70% satisfied at best I would say um, looking ahead then towards the spring, um, do you think that now like what, what will they build on next what are, what are they going to, to have going for them well, I think now there is a real, real urgency to sort out the goalkeeping situation. That's the first thing I would look at. And we've talked about before the number of mistakes that Guilherme is making. And I think we really have to start blooding um, Maximienko and uh, Safanov, at least one of the two, into the first team, um, well, the, the senior side. That needs to be sorted out, definitely. Um, I don't think there's a huge amount else that needs to be really looked into in depth other than getting a bit more game time to the fringe players. Perhaps Daniel Foreman could get some game time. Belive could play a little bit more, perhaps. Um, but I think the goalkeepers need to be sorted out, and that's got to be sorted out soon because it's, it's a mess at the moment. Um, do you think that it, it maybe worthwhile, like, kind of like, a, well, I, I can't say retire Guilherme, but maybe just, you know, bring in some new keepers. Have you mentioned last time, I mean, there's none of the keepers there in the lineup under 30. So it's like 34, 33, 32 and 32. So maybe just to, to take a chance or do you think it'll be, it'll be too risky given that there's such a lot to play for next summer? 
Well, I mean, that's the that's the frustration that should have happened. This whole process of blooding a younger keeper in, given that there are so many that are getting regular game time domestically, should have started earlier. It it is possibly starting to get a bit late to do that in terms of a first team place, but in terms of in the senior squad, the match day squad experience, that is experience in itself that needs to be developed. So I think perhaps he could say to Maximienko Safinov, look, you're, you're only going to be second or third choice. You're not going to be my starter, but you know, you've got to be around the squad, see how serious it is, what it means, and build up experience that way. Certainly something like that has got to, got to happen. Um, underage Russia are doing quite well at the moment. I mean, they're, they're winning matches, they're beating decent teams, and they're, they're, they're competing at the top level. Um, do you think that maybe there might be, uh, because there was a discussion during the week um, after the game with San Marino, that still, no matter, you know, there has been kind of a drop-off this season from attendances as well in the Premier League. Um, do you think that maybe it, the, the people are kind of forgetting last summer already because it's kind of, well, okay, that's already done and dusted, but that maybe there isn't the same kind of like uh, energy in the nation to, to keep building mm. towards, you know, let's just say greatness and football greatness. Yeah, I think the effect of last summer is possibly wearing off um, a little bit. The attendance is... is well, disappointing returning to what we, you know, what we were disappointed with before the World Cup. Um, so the the way they're building on it has got to, in my view, has got to be built around how good the under-21s are. If you look at the under-21 side, all of them, pretty much all of them, are first-team regulars for their senior side. Um, and they are going to be a really, really dangerous side in the next under-21 European Championships. Some of those have got to start moving up, though. Um, there's only so long you can, say, play at your own age level. You know, Ivan Obyakov has played 23 times for the under-21s, for example. And uh, I, I think these are the sort of players, they've got to have a direct path to the seniors. And if they do, people might start to see a little bit more pride the younger players who are earning their place in the seniors. Maybe that will help in the long term. Okay, that okay, that that is fair enough. I mean, because you know, as I said, like you know, the the attendance have been have been slipping down. Um, of course, there are some teams who are an exception to the rule, like Spartak, uh, like Lokomotiv, like Zenith, that they are you know keeping steady or maybe building a little bit. Um, I mean, there, there was a discussion also during the week about um, business clubs or private clubs, but they said that if if uh, state money was taken away, for example, from uh, clubs. There would be three clubs mm. left in the Premier League. There would be Spartak, uh, Tsiska and um, uh, Krasnodar. Um, given that Krasnodar are, you know, well, they're they're doing okay at the moment. You know, they're they're as we, said, we know that they're in fourth place now on thirty three points, um, and they're always holding their own. They're always a you know decent team. Okay, they're recovering in Europe. They won, of course, this weekend away in Toul against Arsenal. Um, do you think it's fair to say maybe that you know it's maybe the the willingness to try and push okay first of all to push the boat out and to try and get fans into stadiums it's a bit lacking because the money has already just been handed to clubs and second that you know maybe if there wasn't that there that there'd be less money uh, for young players so young players would have to actually try to to, to make that leap up if not um in you know want to play the national team or even to go abroad well, I, I think the investment in the Russian game is a bit of, it's a chicken or egg, which comes first. You know, a lot of investors will look at the Russian Premier League and see that the TV deals are worth very little. They will see the low attendances and think, well, I'm not going to invest. But to get the standard up, to get the marketing up, the investment has to be made first. But the investors don't want to risk it. That's the way I see it. And the model of state ownership, I think, is, 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 is keeping the state... 
Okay, we have uh, lost Andrew just there right now, but we're going to uh, we're going to grab. We're going to go on to uh, Andy McLean in just a moment to get his feedback, of course, because this week, this week, of course, there is the round of European games. Uh, just run through a few so you can start to build up for it. Um, Real Madrid and PSG, that is 11 o'clock Moscow time, of course, on Tuesday. That is a cracker of a game, a really, really big one. Spurs against Olympiacos. Will Mr. Marino, will he work his magic? Well, against the Greek team, he should be okay. Uh, they are, of course, uh, playing at 11 o'clock as well. Man City against Shakhtar Donetsk. That is going to be a big one, 11 o'clock on Tuesday as well. Lokomotiv, of course, they kick off at the earlier time of 9pm. It's like 8.55 actually, against Bayer Leverkusen. Now, of course, against the worst team in the group, they are really going to have to go all out and not lose this game. They need to win this game in any case, because if they win, they will go into the Europa League for sure. And that's what we want to ask Mr. Andy Mack. Andy Mack, welcome back. And do Loco have a chance of getting three points in this game on Tuesday night? Yeah, hi guys. Um, definitely. I mean, they can take a lot away from their performance against Juventus. Um, I think it was really important that they got that win uh, away at Tamboff uh, to, to sort of close this little bit of their season off. And now they can totally focus via Leverkusen. Um, yeah, they've kind of turned around their fortunes as well recently with that win at Atleti that sort of pulled them right back into the group. Um, and then they've actually gone unbeaten since then. Um, but at home and with the temperatures dropping, um, I, I, I think the uh, the Loco fans will make it um, a very heated game. And, and I think they, they, they really should be looking for the three points to push them closer to make that, that game against... Um, the, the, the last game, something definitely worth fighting for. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at okay, in, in Group D, you have Juve. They are top on ten points, so they're they're okay. Uh, Atletico in second on seven points, then Loco on three, and Bayer Leverkusen on three. Now, of course, Loco had a better goal difference. Of course, head to head, they're they're also you know obviously they've they've beaten Bayer. Um, are you kind of a bit worried maybe that Siobhan would sort of figure that you know? A point is all right. Like we'll, we'll get a point, and then fingers crossed for for the final game. No, I don't think they can go into it like that. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll be looking at a, a nice little cushion of three points, um, knowing what's coming away from home. I don't think they want to take the risk because Juventus could be um, cut dry, clear top of the group by then, and you never know what kind of side they'll put out in their final game. So I think they have to make sure that they go out to win it. Um, and they've been scoring, you know, scoring three goals at the weekend. They'll, their, their heads will be up. So, yeah, I think they have to go and make sure that by Leverkusen don't pick up anything. Okay, um, what is your take on it? Like, what 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 would you call that game, as Andy? Um, it's a really tough one. To be fair, um, we've seen both teams to score in it um, the last two times that they've met. Um, so I, I certainly think there'll be goals. I think um, the thigh injury for Leverkusen's Kevin Harvitz, um could be a big one. Um, and I think that Loco might just sneak it 2-1. OK, so Loco, you reckon, as 2-1. Both teams to score and Loco 2-1. OK, that is fair enough. Um, I, I've said I, I've spoken about a few of the games uh, that are on Tuesday. Of course, then on Wednesday, you have Liverpool, Napoli, Barca, Borussia... Uh, they're both at 11 o'clock Zenit Lyon that's at 8.55 and also Valencia Chelsea at 8.55 um, I mentioned already just before we're waiting for you to come on Spurs and Olympiacos so Mr Mourinho um, his first home game against the Greeks at 11pm on Tuesday 
Um, what would you be looking for for that, Andy? <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> um, Spurs looked much improved for a lot, but that that kind of falling apart at the end, conceding two goals, would have, I think probably would have concerned Mourinho, considering um, you could say that he was already practically reversing that bus back uh, back into the East End of of, of London with play, playing Winks. Uh, well, two very defensive-minded holding midfielders in there. Be interesting to see whether he does that at home, uh, and I think that will be a telltale sign um, of, of what kind of formation he'll be using going forward. Um, Olympiacos had a bad result um, over the weekend as well. They slipped up one-one to a to a late goal. Um, I, I, I can't just home advantage. I think, and Spurs have actually been quite consistent so far. Um, I can't really see anything but a Spurs win, but under what circumstances and what kind of performance, I'm, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> okay, that is fair enough. Listen, looking elsewhere around the league, um, you've, you or the, the, the Champions League, um, what else tickles your fancy? What, what do you think people should be having a look at? Well, um, excluding the games you've already mentioned, the one that kind of stands out to me as a potentially very important game and, and a good one is Atalanta. Um, are hosting Dinamo Zagreb. So four games in the group stage so far, but the two teams have seen 31 goals involved in those four games so far. So I think there'll be goals there. Atalanta have only picked up one point so far and they desperately, desperately need a win. Um, so I think there'll be goals there and it also could define the rest of that group because Shakhtar Donetsk, who are also on five points with Zagreb, uh, are away at Manchester City. And I think we might have a bit of a thankless task uh, with Pep Guardiola out on um, revenge mode after such a humiliation at Anfield. Yeah, I was thinking that because I mean, look at Man City. Like, okay, at that group, Man City are top on ten points, so they, you know, they are pretty much through. Let's say uh, Shakhtar and Dino, yeah. they are tied for second place, just goal difference. It's odd because uh, Zagreb have are plus two in terms of goals for and against. Shakhtar are minus two for and against. Um, you reckon that you know? You reckon that maybe a draw for Zagreb should be enough to get him into second place? Into second place, I'm not so sure. Okay, okay. Um, which is why I think that will be a really exciting game because I think Zagreb kind of have to go for it, um, and you know if they get a point, fair enough. But I, I think they'll be looking at that game with Atalanta quite low on confidence. Only only scored three, conceded twelve so far. And okay. I think they'll be looking at that game to try and secure their, their spot um, in the next round. Okay. Um, look, so anything else? So that, that's, that's two you've looked for. So, so of course, the local Bayer game, you said 2-1 to local, both teams to score, of course. Um, you're looking at uh, Zagreb to beat Atalanta, both teams to score. Um, what else would you recommend people to have a look at? Well, I think the, the the one that kind of draws most attention is Liverpool-Napoli. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Ancelotti and Napoli not being in the right place at the moment, um, but they can really turn it on. And I think a victory at Anfield for Napoli and that whole uh, that whole group, uh, Group E, will be turned on its head because obviously Liverpool then still have to play Salzburg and it will potentially be a make-or-break game for them. Okay, um, So I think... That it's just a little bit of an edge, a bit of excitement to it. And Napoli kind of do pull out the big, big performances um, and have done already before um, against Liverpool in the, in the group stage last year. OK. So cool. that one kind of catches my eye. OK. So um, the other, yeah, the other on. one is a potential Atletico Madrid um, 
win, I think, almost at Juventus. Uh, Juventus are really struggling with injuries at the moment. They almost um, they almost dropped to a defeat at Atalanta um, as well. Um, so I think Atletico, although their form hasn't been great, I think they'll they, they have to have a go with the likes of Ronaldo, Chiellini, Alexandro potentially all missing. Okay, all right, that's good. So Atletico, we'll recap those in the next part. Andrew, thank you very much. You get in and get uh, warmed up, okay? <laughs> Thanks, Evan. Okay, that was Andy Mack there back with us. Right, we're going to get to the break right now with Kanye West and Stronger, and we'll recap on those tips in the next segment when we also speak with Peter Staunton. Back after this. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. That, 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 that don't kill me. Can only make us stronger. I need you to hurry up now. Cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now. Cause I can't get much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night now. That's how long I've been on ya. Let's get lost tonight You could be my black Kate Moss tonight Play secretary on the ball tonight And you don't give a fuck what they all say, right? Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior Damn, they don't make them like this anymore I ask, cause I'm not sure Do anybody make real shit anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness Cause right now, that has forsaken us You should be honored by my lateness That I would even show up to this fake shit So go ahead, go nuts, go ace shit Especially in my pastel on my plate shit Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel Homie, take six and take this, haters That, 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 that don't kill me Can only make me stronger I need you to hurry up now Cause I can't wait much longer I know I got to be right now Cause I can't get much stronger that's how long I've been on ya. I need you right now. I need you right now. I don't know if you get a man or not. If you made plans or not. If God put me in your plans or not. I'm tripping this drink, got me saying a lot. But I know that God put you in front of me. So how the hell could you front on me? It's a thousand years. Only one of me, I'm tripping, I'm caught up in a moment, right? Cause it's Louis Vuitton dine night. So we gon' do everything the kind like Heard they do anything for a Klondike. Well, I'll do anything for a blind dike. And she'll do anything for the limelight. And we'll do anything when the time's right. Uh, baby, you're making it. I never told you. Don't act like I told you. Uh. Don't act like I told you. Don't act like I told you. Don't act like I told you. Uh. Baby, you're making it faster, stronger. That 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 don't kill me. Can only make me stronger. I need you right 
be right now Cause I can't get much stronger Man, I've been waiting all night now That's how long I've been on ya to part three of tonight's show and of course as we mentioned already that game Sheffield United Manchester United finished 3-3 and we're going to go to Bramall Lane to speak with Peter Sontan in just one moment he's on the line waiting for us uh, just to quickly recap Andy Mack's tips for the games this week in the Champions League so of course he did say that it, Napoli on Wednesday at 11 o'clock they would win away against Liverpool Loco of course playing on Tuesday at 8.55 they will win but with both teams to score and Zagreb Zagreb um, that they uh, playing on Tuesday as well 11 o'clock uh, they will win and both teams to score so keep that in mind when you're having a little well if you're going to have a look and see if you're going to put some money on that okay we're going to go straight away over to Sheffield and uh, ask okay we're, we're going over to Sheffield in just one moment so Peter Staunton is waiting for us I believe okay Peter um, that was a rip-roaring second half <laughs> It was. It was incredible. One of the one of the best second halves of football I think I've ever seen. I, Peter, if it, like it, it looked done and dusted at one point when it was two 0 and then of course United came back to make it three two, only to concede late on. Um, was it a deserved uh, draw in the end? Well, I think for all but for those seven minutes that Sheffield United conceded the goals, they were, I thought they were by far the better. 
team. I think they'll be kicking themselves that they haven't got three points there. And I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is very, very lucky uh, to be getting out of here with anything at all. But credit to him. I mean, he did make uh, some significant changes from the bench. Jesse Lingard came on at halftime, gave them that extra midfielder they needed. And Mason Greenwood came off the bench to score as well. So, you know, in that regard, he got some things right. But he's having to make uh, correct his mistakes in hindsight rather than making the right decisions to begin with. Well, but he seems to be doing it quite a lot because, I mean, you, you I mean, when the last time you were on with us, you were basically like, yeah, they were a very bad team, had no idea what they were at, and they were really kind of not in free fall, but they were just not working, like there was something wrong with them. Now, Mark Lawrence, and of course, the ex Liverpool and Irish uh, international, he said that it was a fabulous football match. He said it was a wonderful ad- advert for football, played in a really good spirit, and uh, he said that both managers gambled. But surely, surely, Solskjaer can't keep gambling with Manchester United. Well, not with Mauricio Pochettino now out of work and, and the spectre is definitely looming over his shoulder. I mean, he's almost under pressure in every game uh, so long as Pochettino remains out of work because, you know, it's no secret that United admired him, Sir Alex Ferguson spoke to him um, when one of the changeovers of manager happened a few years back. So, you know, he's a, he's a manager who's well known to this club and one who's been coveted by them for a long time. So, so long as Solskjaer um, fails to come up with the goods in games like this, I mean, there's one, one away match in the Premier League since February. Uh, which is not good enough for a club of top four ambitions. Now, we, we did mention earlier, earlier on that yesterday in his press conference... Um, pressure. Yeah, yesterday in his press conference, Solskjaer said that he's probably not going to get any of his uh, leading transfer targets in January. He won't be able to buy anybody, or he doesn't think he will. But he's going to try and get some loan players in. That's surely... First of all, it's not good enough for Manchester United. And second of all, does that not smack of um, a lack of trust... In, in, in the, the manager? Well, I think it's an incredible admission for a club of Man United's uh, size that, you know, they, they don't have that money to spend and when the, cl- the, the squad is, is in need of, of surgery so desperately. But, you know, this is, the, this is a club that has been looking for the right technical director for a long time, but they've not got one in. Um, and until that position is addressed, then there's going to be a hodgepodge nature to the type of transfers that they're doing. Now, maybe they think one win or more for as one win too many uh, to try and put his own stamp on the squad because this squad is already littered with failed signings from about three or four different managers now and I don't think another window uh, with Solskjaer's signings is, is, is maybe what's required from, from United's point of view um, Do you think it will be the case I mean, because to get rid of him is going to cost an awful lot of money I mean it's not going to be cheap to, to, to let him go um, do, you, do you think that this might like just hang on to it for a little while longer and sort of like pretend that this is what they want to be doing? Well, the season's not a, not a write-off at, at this stage. Um, it would be if they continue to, to, to draw points, especially away from home. Um, so had the season been a write-off by this stage, you know, which it was for Chelsea a few years ago when they defended the title under Jose Mourinho, with, it didn't really matter if he stayed or if he left because they weren't going to get back into the top four. But this season is very much still alive, I think, for Manchester United. You know, there's no real outstanding candidates for the top four. I mean, you've got the top two, who's probably solidified. You know, but beneath that, you would say the positions are, are, are changeable, and United are, are part of that shake-up. Now, we do have genuine ambitions to go on and try and finish in the top four, and maybe mount a title challenge in the next two or three seasons, then you would have to say, the sooner the better um, for getting rid of Solskjaer and bringing in a, a, a long-term dynasty manager, as Mauricio Pochettino proved he was at Spurs, who's just in need of that big job, one that can give him trophies. 
Okay, well, we'll like to do. Okay, we'll, we'll speak about him and, of course, uh, his replacement at Spurs in just a moment. Um, look at the English Premier League mm-hmm. table. Liverpool, they're eight points ahead now of Leicester. Leicester, of course, surprise packets in second place. Man City are hanging in there. They're um, in third place. A good win against Chelsea yesterday. Chelsea, of course, then dropped down to fourth. Um, Wolves, well, kind of, they're they're seven points behind Chelsea. They're in fifth place. Sheffield United, with that point, are up into sixth place. Then you've got Burnley, Arsenal, and then Man United and Spurs, yeah. of course dropping down to 10th um, do you think that you know despite winning sports because they did drop down to 10th but do you think that you know maybe United will say look we'll, we'll give them till the summer and see what happens because of course they're, they're not too bad in the Europa League I mean like that that at least is, is a trophy to, to, to bring home isn't it well, it is, and it's a way back into the Champions League as well, no, no matter what goes on uh, in the Premier League table. But I think you hit on something there. You know, Liverpool, I would expect to win the league. I mean, they're eight points clear of Leicester. I, I, still, don't, I still think Leicester, while they're a good side, I think they're in a false, false position right now, and I don't expect to see them in the top four uh, come the end of the season. I think Man City will get their act together. But then it's very much alive. You know, Sheffield United, Burnley and Leicester are, are taking points uh, away from the rest of the, what, we, what you term the big six um, and diverting them into into their own pots but I still think that you know for the most part the top six will be the top six come the end of the season and, and Man United have that big decision to make over what direction they want to go on the manager um, because as you say it's a, st- it's a team still reliant on golden moments rather than an overall strategy underpinning it all and um, that's a big big problem um, in, especially in the Premier League where every team is, is, is going to give you a significant amount of trouble uh, home or away Okay, um, no, that, that I, I think you're spot on because the Premier League. I mean, any team can, well, except if they're Watford, can actually knock you off no matter what. Um, uh, Watford, of course, still bottom of the table and still just oh, terrible. I'm not going to go to speak about it right now. Um, now, these words were spoken in his opening uh, press conference. Tomorrow is another day. He will find happiness again. That's what Mourinho said about Pochettino. I mean, it's as if you know Pochettino was. Dumped. Like, this is like teenage girl speak, isn't it? I mean, uh, like, surely, I mean, you know, and Mourinho said he's welcome back any time and he can come back. It's kind of like, um, you know, after a divorce, he can go back and, like, play with the kids. You know, it's a really, really strange situation. There is respect there, but also he's kind of, like, backing Pochettino to get another, another club. Oh, well, I think the sooner the better for, for Pochettino um, to get another club. Um, but, but as you say right now, it's a difficult situation because, you know, managers turn over so quickly in the Premier League. I mean, to be at one club for five and a half years, you know, you're more or less part of the furniture. You know, they moved into the new training ground just before he got there. They moved into the new stadium. The club have really come through a new era. Um, thanks uh, to Mauricio Pochettino. And so he's always going to be associated uh, with that club. So it's going to take a long time to, uh, uh, I suppose, extricate his influence uh, from what's going on um, at Tottenham. Um and it's a credit to, to Pochettino for what he's built. But, you know, Mourinho, is, I think he's... Uh, it's a, for me, it's a, it's a funny appointment. Uh, I think it's, it's a free hit for Mourinho. I don't think he'll have to win the league. But I th- for me, I don't think you're going to see the, the Jose Mourinho-style association that he had with Inter, with Chelsea, even with Porto. I think he sees this Spurs job as a, as a, a reputation rehabilitator. And uh, he'll be on the move uh, for for a bigger, more successful club as soon as that opportunity arises. That's just my own hunch uh, well, at this stage. I mean, I, I know, I know you you have respect for like great respect for Mourinho, and I mean, I, like I, I think he's done remarkably well. And even at Man United, when you look at it now, what he did was pretty decent. I mean, he 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 didn't fail at United. I mean, he won cups, he won the Europa League. Um, 
Do you think, though, that now, like, they're playing, of course, Olympiacos this week, so that's it. He's had a, a, a decent, it's kind of like a rehabilitating a former heavyweight title contender in boxing. That's that it. You, you, that's you put it, him yeah. in against a, um, a team that was kind of like a, a contender, as in West Ham, for a European place, but they've now... They've, they haven't won in seven matches. And then you get against Olympiacos who are like on, like really playing badly in their home thing. So this is like a sort of a, a brought in foreign tomato can. So Mourinho, he, he's got a bit of time um, ahead of him to actually, as you said, to build. So do you think that maybe they, they, they will actually maybe go for the, the Champions League this year? Uh, Tottenham? Yeah. Uh, they're definitely going to be in the shake-up. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, you look around, that squad was underperforming for the last, well, for the best part of a year under Pochettino, you know, um, it only takes, you know, you can just notice Harry Kane already. I mean, that was the most he'd run in any game this season, but he ran for Mourinho yesterday. You know, he shook off an ankle injury and came back into the game during the second half. So I think maybe the desire levels um, had, had diminished a little bit under Pochettino because the message kind of goes stale. I do, in fact, think the time for Pochettino to go was over the summer. And, and because he didn't win the Champions League, I think he thought, I can't go out on alone. No, it was going to be tough. I think he won the big And he listened to the wrong advice because I think it's the time for him to go and the time to move on. And he, you know, he would have gone with his reputation intact if he moved on over the summer and taken one of the available jobs somewhere across Europe. Now he's damaged goods, uh, as it were. But crucially for a club like Manchester United, not going to have to pay any compensation to get him in. So that makes any hire of Pochettino much, much cheaper because we know how difficult Daniel Levy has been to deal with uh, when it comes to these negotiations in the past. That's true. That's true. Listen, before I know, because you, you, you have a, a deadline as well, so be, uh, because you, you're at Bramalade, <laughs> so I don't want to keep you on and I just I appreciate that you've joined us, uh, Peter. Um, Final question, um, Silva at Everton, he, he, yeah. he, he's fighting for his life. I mean, they are just in a very bad way, 15 points. They're just, or sorry, 14 points, they're in 15th place. West Ham, of course, they're in a relegation battle as well almost because they're on 13 points and 16th. They're only three points ahead yeah. of Norwich who won. Norwich beat Everton. Norwich are 10 points, Everton four, 14. Is Silva gone tomorrow or will it, they'll give him one more game? Well, the word on the grapevine is that he's... he's you know, fighting for his life this evening. Um, so, you know, this could all be a moot point by tomorrow morning when we wake up and Everton are looking for a new manager. But the thing is with Everton, I don't know where they go. I don't know where they go now. They've tried numerous different things. They've tried the Sam Allardyce thing. You know, they've tried the Roberto Martinez thing. Um, you know, they've tried uh, the Ronald Koeman thing. You know, they've gone for a number of different approaches and no one manager has been successful there. I think, you know, the problems there are structural. Uh, I think uh, the problems there are, are with, the, with the internal makeup of the club, with the ownership that doesn't know what direction it wants to pull in. I think any coach who goes in there is going to have a very, very difficult time of, of, of turning things around. I don't think it's a club that's built for success in its current guise, and I think Marco Silva has been a victim of that. That's, that is a good point because I mean he, he wasn't the, the, you know he's a decent coach but at the same time throwing him in there I mean it was it, it was you know it, it looks like a bad deal um, Peter finally before we go um, or before we let you go um, <laughs> look, sorry about that but look um, first of all congratulations on your appointment your your promotion well, thank I you. mean br- brilliant brilliant and couldn't you know there's no better writers in football in my opinion, than you, and especially people who like give such great commentary as well and feedback. And so just like, you know, directly down the line and very, very good. Um, final question Appreciate for you. Appreciate that. Not well, isn't this the truth? Um, finally, Roberto Martinez, he was interested, interested in that Spurs job. Now, I know you, you are very good with Roberto Martinez. Do you think that maybe he might be looking f- to maybe head back to Everton if, if, um, if things work out? 
I think it's quite funny because Everton fans would probably shout for somebody like Roberto Martinez, uh, you know, given his current profile with the Belgian job, uh, to be their next manager if they hadn't already sacked him. You know, he's got that perfect profile for a club like Everton. But I think he's, I think he's gone beyond that now. I think the work that he's done uh, with Belgium, taking them to the number one team in the world, uh, the improvements he's made to the games with players like De Bruyne, Hazard, Lukaku, all world-class players now under his tutelage. I, I think he's moved beyond Everton, if that makes sense. And I think, you know, after the Euros in 2020, I could see him if he wants to come back into into club management. I don't know what his what his plans are at this stage, but if he wants to come into club management, I think he'd be looking at Real Madrid, Barcelona, clubs like that, rather than where vacancies could be up next summer as well, rather than clubs like Everton. With all due respect. Okay, that's fair enough, Peter. Thank you so so much. Um, enjoy the rest of your work and even, and thank you much. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Well, thanks for the call, Alan. And I always appreciate it. Thanks, Peter. Take care. Okay, that's Peter, of course. He, Peter Sutton, senior editor with Goal.com. We're going to go to the break right now. Coming back with some very interesting news from the other side of the pond. We are going out with Macamore, Ryan Lewis, and Ray, featuring Ray Dalton. This is Can't Hold Us. Stay with us and come back after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Looking for a better way to get up out of bed instead of getting on the internet and checking a new hit me get up. First shot, come strut walking. A little bit of humble, a little bit of cautious. Somewhere between like Rocky and Cosby's for the game. Nope, nope, y'all can't copy up. Glad, moonwalking. And this here is our party. My posse's been on Broadway, and we did it all way. Chrome music. I shed my skin and put my bones into everything I record to it. And yeah, I'm on. Let that stage light go and shine on down. Got that Bob Barker suit game and Plinko in my style. Money, stay on my craft and stick around for those pounds But I do that to pass the torch and put on for my town Trust me, on my I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T shit hustling Chasing dreams since I was 14 with the four-track bussin' Halfway across that city with the black, 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 crush it Labels out here, now they can't tell me nothing We give that to the people, spread it across the country Labels out here, now they can't tell me nothing we give it to the people, spread it across the country. Here we go back, this is the moment, tonight is the night. We'll fight till it's over, so we put our hands up like the ceiling can't hold us. Like the ceiling can't hold us. Here we go 